Welcome once again here to the Regional Radio Sports Network. My name is Paul Condry. I'm the president and founder of Regional Radio Sports. We welcome you to the Scott Cooper Show. Scott, interim athletic director at Indiana University South Bend, as well as the men's basketball coach. Glad to have him with us here today. Coop, first of all, great to be with you today. And I know that as we start the, the new school year for you and an opportunity a decade into this business and some change, Give us an idea as uh, what kind of a – you got butterflies excited about school getting started? I know that with two little ones at home, I know that's a little bit of exciting and certainly challenging, but how about it for you? Do you, get, do you still get fired up? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And truthfully, this is year number 11 here and year 22 or 23 overall. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, you know, that's part of the reason what, uh, you know, stay in this business is because you can get excited about something every single year and it's never the same thing twice and, and all that. So I think, uh, you know, the opportunity to, you know, continue to work in something that's been very influential in my life and, uh, you know, a whole lot of fun is, is uh, you know, gets you fired up every time. You know, we were in preparation for the openers of our high school football season this past week. And this is year 35 for me, and that doesn't even go back into my coaching time and all the time I was as a really, really lousy athlete in high school. And I look back on that here at age 66. I had butterflies on opening night last Friday night, and I felt that I had goosebumps when the national anthem was being played. And I can't think of anything that's more exciting than being around education-based athletics, whether it be at the high school level or the college level, when you get a chance to see – uh, people who influence the lives of young people. We've all had coaches that have done that in our respective lives, respectively. And so that's the thing that I'm excited about is getting into the cranium of people. It's like, why are you still doing this? And the reason is because of that excitement. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, you get to be a part of their journey on to getting into something better and, you know, the same way that people were for us growing up and, uh, you know, there's people who work really hard to make the same kind of living we do, and we get to have fun with what we do. I mean, how does it get better than that, you know? Sure. So. Well, we're going to talk about IU South Bend Athletics. We're going to talk about basketball. We're going to talk about all the things going on here on the South Bend campus. But for those of you who may not know uh, Coop very well, let's go back and let's, uh, for everybody who's getting to know you for the first time, let's talk about your high school career, your college career as an, as an athlete. You've been successful in every aspect of your life. And then, of course, you're coaching along the way, several stops along the way that has brought you here for the last 11 years. Yeah, well, I grew up in a small town in uh, northeast Ohio called Worcester, Ohio. Um, went to a big high school there, but uh, um, was very fortunate to um, be in a situation where um, my dad was the athletic director, and I basically got raised by coaches in a whole lot of ways. So, um, you know, I got to be around athletics from a very young age and, you know, do all that. And uh, played for a really good high school coach named Mark Albert Sr., um, who won – some five, 600 games, whatever the heck it was in the state of Ohio and, uh, both men's and, uh, women's basketball. Um, and got to be a part of, you know, kind of a rebuild, uh, process during that time. You know, the team had always had a whole lot of success when I came in, unfortunately we went the other direction, but, uh, (laughs) by the end, I think we were on one of the more talented teams that we had. We were ranked one of the top teams in the state by the end of all that. And, uh, you know, like I said, I was very fortunate to be a part of some really good teams. And then, uh, in college, um, played for another really good program at Allegheny college. Um, you know, they had been in the NCAA tournament uh, the year before I got there, um, and then we made it again my freshman year there. And, uh, 
you know, again, got to be a part of, you know, winning culture there and, and everything else, uh, you know, had some knee injuries towards the end and, uh, basically missed my entire senior year. But, uh, again, something that I'm, you know, proud to have been a part of and all that stuff and, you know, had a big influence on me. And then, uh, really wasn't looking too hard at going into coaching when I graduated. It was actually looking more at, uh, being an actuary, uh, of all things. I majored in math and, uh, seemed like the natural next thing. The money was good. And, um, my college coach called me up one day, uh, and was just like, Hey, there's this, uh, graduate assistant position in, uh, Alfred, New York, uh, which is a small, small division three school. Um, would you be interested in it? And rather than making, you know, $70,000 a year right out of college, I decided that it was better to make $1,000 a year and uh, <laughs> get my graduate school paid for. So, uh, but I've never looked back and, you know, I've been, and, you know, all along the way, I've been really fortunate to work for some really, really, not only, uh, good coaches, but good people. And, uh, you know, I, I, I've really been blessed in a lot of ways in that way. Well, there's a, a lot of things people may or might know. Your, your brother's also in Indiana university, but um, not here in South Bend. So, uh, let's talk about the, your siblings. Yeah, uh, so my brother uh, is actually no longer in, in okay. Indiana, but uh, yeah, he was the athletic director at IU Kokomo for five years uh, or six years, something like that. Okay. Uh, left last summer to be the now athletic director at Heidelberg College um, in Tiffin, Ohio. Okay. Um, so he's the, uh, he was, you know, I've got some, you know, obviously in the family a little bit that's done this uh, end of things, so that's that's been a good resource to have. And, uh, you know, a guy like Tom Norris, who's down there now, has obviously worked with us too, so um kind of always just kind of been around athletics in, in every which way and so and with the family and uh you know obviously my brother chose to do that that wasn't really uh my intent uh was to you know just be coaching but uh when the opportunity presented itself it was like hey you know we got a chance to take things forward and it's going to be good for our basketball program so why not do it all right let's uh, bring this back to indiana university let's just first of all let's talk about the landscape of the iu athletic community it's not just about tom allen's football team or mike woodson's basketball team or terry morin's basketball team in bloomington as well as the great soccer programs we can go on and on about the quote-unquote main campus but all of the quote-unquote extensions also have dabbled into and are very very successful in education-based athletics so can you talk about how the whole system kind of ties into bloomington yeah, you know, we operate as one university. Um, you know, Indiana University is one school when you graduate from any of our campuses, whether it's Bloomington, IUPUI, any of our six, seven regionals now. Um, you get a degree from Indiana University, just like if you were on any of their other campuses. So, um, you know, a lot of our kids now, as things move more online, are taking classes at various campuses. So we've got guys who are taking classes right now at IU Southeast, at IU Northwest, at uh, IUPUI. Um, so that's it's pretty common, and uh, you know it's kind of a neat thing to be a part of because obviously the you know the level of state education you get here is pretty high. Um, so and you know the alumni networks that you get into are pretty good. So that's you know that's a big sell regardless of what campus you're on. Um, and then athletically, I think we're in a situation now with um, you know there's a lot of like everything in the world there's a lot of change and going on, and uh, you know those changes are tough on private schools, um, you know, and all that's uh, all those things, and but are good. For, <laughs> excuse me, are good for. Um, state schools and you're seeing that a lot in all our campuses whereas um you know we've had uh what, four teams i think in the last two years make a conference championship out of our six um if you go to iu northwest they've had two or three teams in the uh, national tournament level if you go to iu kokomo i think they've had three in just the last two years iu southeast same thing and you start running through all these and you realize that it's not just a um you know an iu south bend thing or an iu kokomo thing or whatever it, or an iu pui thing it's a it's an iu thing and uh, i think you know the level of education you get the price you're able to get it at and the experience you can have at any of our places is a big sell for uh, you know any recruit in the state and uh you know like i said with the way things are right now you know there's uh 
a lot of instability, and we're kind of going the opposite direction with that stuff. Once again, thanks for joining us here on the Scott Cooper Show. Great to have Coach Cooper, men's basketball coach. Let's also uh, dive into some of the dynamics that we're that we're seeing uh, with uh, higher education. Obviously, uh, you know the IU South Bend, a member of the NAIA, a member of the Chicagoland Collegiate Athletic Conference. So let's kind of just fly over the being a part and member of the NAIA. I've always felt that the NAIA coaches have a lot more freedom uh, as a lot more accessibility to the student athletes than, let's say, their, their Division One counterparts. Yeah, and I think that's true at every level, really. Uh, you know, you look at any of the NCAA levels, Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, and you're talking about a whole lot of regulation on things, what you can and can't do. And, you know, our level is pretty comparable to Division Two or Division Three um, in terms of, you know, the level of athlete we get and the resources available to us. But uh, at the same time, like you mentioned, you know, like this morning I was down in the weight room with our guys for the first time, and we haven't even started classes yet as of, well, uh, about 15 minutes from now. Um, we'll get going. But um, – so, yeah, that's that's pretty fun, whereas, uh, you know, the other levels aren't going to be able to do that for another week or two and, you know, won't be able to get on the floor until, you know, October, whereas uh, we'll be starting full go, uh, I think, September 18th this year. So um, just I think the one thing that the NAI's really got going for it is just a lot of common sense rules that, you know, to help you exactly. retain and graduate uh, players, which is uh, – um, it's tough once you've made all those rules that the NCAA has to go back the other direction. And, uh, you know, the NAI kind of started the other way. Are you uh, scared, paranoid uh, about this NIL stuff that we're seeing uh, at the NCAA Division One? Because, as they always say, if it trickles down from the NFL or the Major League Baseball, it's going to trickle down into Division One, then it's going to trickle down to here – and then, God forbid, we ever get to the high school level, then that's the really we've lost it all then. So can you give me your thoughts on, on the NIL and how do you think it's going to go? Uh, you know, I, don't, I think it's a landscape that nobody understands right now. But, uh, I, you know, I think it's like anything else in life. You know, the only thing that's constant is change, right? And those who adapt are the ones that survive, and those who don't are the ones who get left behind. So um, I think for us, we're trying to find ways to embrace it, and we're actually looking uh, – for some ways to get our kids opportunities. Now, are they going to make the same as the football, you know, as the football players at Notre Dame or Ohio State? No, but uh, at the same time, maybe we can get them some uh, free chicken fingers at, uh, you know, Raising Canes. Raising Canes, if you're listening, we're we're, we're available. Um, but uh, you know, you know, or maybe we can just get them a little extra spending cash in their pocket. I, I think in this day and age of social media, it's the same thing. Like it can be a positive thing for your athletes, or it can be a very negative thing, and you either find a way to make it a positive, or again, uh, you get left behind. And, and so that's what we're looking at to and what that means but like I said it's so new that I don't think anybody understands exactly which direction we're going with that also a lot of change and a lot of fluids things going on right now in the Chicagoland Collegiate Athletic Conference teams uh, leaving teams closing uh, schools completely closing we've had a wide variety uh, I know once again this could change tomorrow <laughs> literally that's how fluid this this things are in, in, in education-based athletics give us an idea as we're taping the first Scott Cooper show on what we can anticipate from the Chicagoland Collegiate Athletic Conference as of today. Yeah, as I say, this, this <laughs> may change in October. But, uh, you know, I think the one thing we're running into in all of higher ed, and it certainly hit our league, uh, you know, pretty significantly here the last few years, is, you know, people are just having fewer kids now. And, you know, people are living longer. And that's, uh, you know, obviously a positive thing that people are living longer. But because sure. people are having fewer kids, there are fewer kids to go to college. Um, and so what that's done is, you know, schools that are completely dependent on tuition uh, has made them – has put them in a very difficult spot because if there's only, you know, if there were 10,000 kids, you know, 20 years ago to go to school and now there's 9,000 kids, it's that many fewer 
people that are going to get spread out amongst those colleges. So um, you're seeing that at our institutions, and obviously it's a much greater number. But uh, when you're talking about some of these schools that cost $50,000 a year, $60,000 a year, or whatever, that's, you know, if they lose out on 100 kids, they're losing out on millions of dollars. So um, it's really, you know, it's really a scary time, I think, especially if you're in private education, because they are at those price points. And what's happened is the combination of fewer kids and the, um, you know, the higher prices that a lot of these schools have, have gotten to has made it uh, really tough for them to get the level of kid that they need in order to, uh, financially in order to keep the doors open. And so you've seen that with some of the schools in our league. And I, unfortunately, I don't think it's going to, uh, to stop anytime soon. I think we've got another five to 10 years of this. Um, and, and hopefully in our league that, you know, people are in a more stable place, but that, you know, there are schools that I never even saw it coming and here we are. So, um, I, you know, I, I don't think anybody knows exactly what's going to happen next, except for maybe the people that are at the top of the food chain there. One thing about the CCAC is really a combination of state schools as well as faith-based schools. So it's very unique. You look at the Wolverine Hoosier Athletic Conference, and once again, same type of situation. There's some faith-based schools uh, and some state opportunities there. And then over in the Crossroads League, the same situation, whereas they're different is that they have primarily all faith-based schools. So there's uh, in, in the landscape of where you're going to – what we would call your recruiting base in the Midwest, uh, that's very unique in its own right because each one of those leagues oper- has a golden opportunity for the student-athlete in a wide variety of different campus opportunities. Yeah, yeah, and I think, you know, a lot of it in the NAI comes down to geography when you're trying to align yourself with uh, who, you're, who you're competing with in a conference. Uh, you mentioned the crossroads. Even most of those schools are, you know, within a couple hours of each other. So, um, you know, whereas you look at the NCAA levels, and I think you see schools that are more similar in terms of maybe their, the type of academic institution they are or whatever. So, for example, if you go up into Wisconsin, all the state schools are sure. in one conference. If you go into, you know, the Midwest, you typically run into the upper academic schools are all in one conference. Um, where and you know the second tier schools are all in one conference academically, so they're trying to align themselves in a way that, that uh, you know raises their profile. Um, whereas at our level, you know, because of the variety of schools that you get, particularly with the faith-based schools and as you mentioned, state schools, um, there isn't there aren't enough of them to do that. So we you know we're more about uh, who's who's nearby and who can we sure. get home uh, in time for. So we're lucky to be in a part of the country where there are a lot. Um, whereas, you know, there's other conferences where they're traveling 13 oh. hours because those are the only NAI schools around. Uh, you know, we just happen to be pretty fortunate to live in a place where the NAI is a big part of, uh, you know, the college athletic culture. Do you have a, a particular opinion on why that some states, some geographical areas are not taking advantage of being a part of the NAI, especially with all the golden opportunities that are there? I think, again, it comes down to geography. You know, I think, uh, you know, if you go into North Dakota, for example, there aren't a lot of schools, period, right? You know, so uh, most of them are uh, state schools, and, you know, that lines up well with sure. what they want to be, so they're taking advantage of that. The other part of it is financial. It is a little bit uh, less expensive because of uh, the money that the NCAA makes off of uh, – uh, the NCAA men's and women's basketball tournaments um, to be a part of that. There's some financial kickback that uh, is beneficial to them. So you have to kind of weigh what's important to you. When, you know, in our case, the travel outweighs the cost to the NAI. So you know, for us, it makes a lot more sense to be part of the NAI. Do we do we think at any point in time that we'll see the Indiana University regional campuses? Uh, uh, all get together and maybe potentially play in one league or maybe having maybe a uh, just use men's basketball as an example have a men's basketball IU open type of scenario or are those things uh, just a pipe dream or are those things just just really geographically timing it just doesn't make sense because everybody's playing in different leagues uh, yeah you know you never know right now I mean again there's so much flux in, in, in both of our league you know all of us compete in either the Chicagoland or the now what's called the River States um, where 
you know, we both have a lot of teams that are in flux and, and, uh, and all that stuff, or a lot of schools that are in flux. The thing we'll run into, uh, if we ever were to try to do that, and again, that's not in the plans by any means, but if we ever were to do that, uh, the thing we'll run into is that, um, you know, we're all very different in how we structure our sure. athletic department. So we only have six sports, even though we're the biggest campus of the regionals, um, whereas the smallest campus is IU East, and they're at, I think, 15 or 16 sports now. So, um, you know, is it beneficial for them to be in a league with us? Doesn't make a whole lot of sense right now okay. because they have a, they, they have however many sports then. Um, that wouldn't have a conference. So um, so it's a little bit more complicated than just, uh, you know, saying, hey, you guys are similar, let's go together type of thing because our athletic departments are so different and our campuses are so different. In July, you had got a new title, if you will, Interim Athletic Director. So you find yourself with a new role. Coach uh, Steve Bruce uh, has stepped down from his role as the AD, will remain as the women's basketball coach. But Steve has really kind of been the architect. One of the reasons that Regional Radio Sports Network has been a part of the uh, the Titan family is because the long standing relationship that I've had with uh, with Steve. And so let's just talk about uh, uh, jumping into the pool. I mean, literally just jumped into the pool a few <laughs> weeks ago. You haven't even dried off yet. Yeah, it happened fast, and it was a surprise. Yeah, you know, he uh, he went into a meeting one day, came back and said, uh, you know, he decided that it was just time to just be a coach. And uh, so, um, you know, the very, literally the next morning I'm getting a call about uh, coming in to meet with the chancellor about it and, uh, you know, taking it from there. So um, it, he did an unbelievable job. I think the hardest thing that – you know, he had to do as much as anything was grow the athletic department because, you know, the NAI went from the requirement when he started that we had three teams. You had to have at least six teams to be eligible for postseason play. So right away we had to add sports. And there was a little bit of structure in there that had been done under our previous athletic director, Gary Dembski, but, uh, you know, none of that had been executed yet. We were also uh, working with a new chancellor at the time. So um, a whole lot of planning had to go into it with people that weren't a part of it. And, uh, you know, it, it took us a while to get here, but we are in a very stable place and a very competitive place now, which is, is nice to see. And you're even seeing that with some of our newer sports are starting to get more and more competitive. Um, you know, baseball, I think, made a run to the conference uh, championship game last yep. year. And, uh, you know, I think softball's uh, positioned pretty well. Soccer just won their opener yesterday. So, we're, you know, we're in a position that we're, we're all moving in the right direction, which is great. Um, and that's not it. That was not an easy thing to get to. So uh, Coach Bruce did an unbelievable job of getting to it. Um, you know, and so I kind of asked the chancellor, was like, what do you want from me, you know, in this time? Because obviously, you know, it's an interim position. So, you know, whether or not I end up being the permanent or somebody else takes over from there, you got you to understand uh, what kind of agenda to push. So for me, it's just figuring out how do we take things, you know, she said, how do we take this to the next level? And so that's kind of what we're looking to do. So we've been kind of looking around at some things that we can improve upon, some things that we can do. And I've been working with Coach Bruce on that and talking to our coaches and our athletic trainers, talking to the people on campus here to figure out the resources we have available to us. And that's kind of where we're at right now. And uh, excited about some of the things that we may be able to do here going forward. But, uh, you know, it's the same thing. It took us, you know, nine years to get to this point. It's not going to happen overnight. And it's, uh, you know, it's something that, uh, is, you know, we got to kind of figure out what the best way forward is uh, right now. But, uh, you know, like I said, we got some things going in place to kind of engage the community a little bit more because it's amazing how many people you go into in this town and they don't realize that IU South Bend is here. You know, we, we have Dejon Barney on our own team. Um, we're coming off of a conference championship uh, uh, in 2020, I guess it was, um, getting ready to play his school that he played at at the time with Lincoln College. He's a South Bend kid. He didn't even know we had a basketball team, and we had just won the you know won the league the year before that he was playing in. So um, yeah, you know there's there's some things we need to do to connect to the community a little bit more that we're going to try to do. Um, there's some things we'd like to do to get our campus a little bit more involved in athletics and vice versa. Um, and then there's you know some things we're going to try to do to market ourselves and market our kids uh, a little bit more to create some opportunities for them. So that's you know that's kind of the next step for us. And then uh, you know at long term trying to 
you know, build up the resources to get all our teams competing on a national level and, uh, you know, hopefully competing at a, you know, at a higher level once we get to that stage. Obviously, as the interim athletic director, you really don't have any, uh, I mean, I'm going to get a guess that you don't have and say, okay, in five years, we want to have these amount of sports or in 10 years, we want to have these amount of sports or this sport or that sport. There are so many variables in there that uh, you want to be able to look at. Have you even, because this is all just new for you, just less than a month, uh, you find yourself uh, thinking, okay, well, what direction should we go? I mean, am I going to be here long enough? So there's a there's a whole bunch of stuff out there on the table. You're trying to juggle a young family, trying to coach your own basketball team. I mean, this could be. Uh, I mean, this this could really, really challenge you in, in the direction on how you're thinking about this. So you think about things differently now that you're AD. Uh, a little bit, you know, and luckily I, I've got a great resource two doors down and Coach sure. Bruce who's still here and been doing the job for the last nine years. So, uh, you know, I, I'm pretty fortunate in that whereas somebody else who would normally be coming into a job like this sure. would be flying, you know, off the cuff here a little bit more than I am. So, um, I, you know, I think it's a little bit easier to take what he's done and move it forward uh, as opposed to, uh, um, you know, trying to come in and push an agenda without a whole lot of institutional knowledge there. So, um, you know, having him, I think is a great resource. And then, you know, for me uh, right now, because it, you know, it is an interim position, it's just making sure that we maximize what we have. Uh, you know, if they come down from the top there and, you know, give us a, a direction that they want us to go as far as that in sports and stuff, which I don't think is going to happen. But, um, if they, you know, if they were to say that, then, you know, we'd, we'd look at what came next and all that stuff. But I think in the meantime, it's just how do we get everybody up onto a level where we're competing at the top of the conference. And we're, we're getting there. You know, I, I think there's some thing, good things that have happened uh, just this summer for all our teams that are going to help them, you know, recruit a higher level student athlete and, uh um, you know, you're seeing that already a little bit with some of the kids that uh, our newer sports have brought in. And, uh, you know, I think you're going to see those teams over the next few years become more and more competitive. And so I think for me, it's how do I help those teams while continuing to keep our team playing at a high level. And uh, so far, that hasn't been a problem. But, uh, you know, you never know. Things haven't got that busy yet. So the biggest uh, the biggest question people were always ask when when a coach becomes an athletic director remains the coach of his respective or her respective team is how do you uh, make sure that, uh, that your particular sport is getting more uh, let's say resources and more opportunities than another program so now you find yourself where you've got to be able to balance things between this program and that program so have you gotten into the mindset of that yet uh, not a little bit. Right now, I'm still kind of in the stage of seeing what resources the other teams have because we're all funded a little bit differently, which is you know a longer conversation than it's worth telling. But the but the short end of it is is that uh, when basketball was started here, that uh, you know they funded it one way. When we started our other sports, they funded it another way. Okay. So we're trying to figure out exactly what the best way to get us all on the same level is, and that's an institutional thing. Um, but uh, that's something that uh, you know we're trying to move forward. So luckily, I'm in a place where my team, you know, has the one that's been here the longest. You know, I think this is 40, like year number 40 or something like that of men's basketball at IU South Bend. Um, Whereas the other teams are, you know, in year six and year three, whatever mm -hmm. it happens to be. So um, I think it's a little bit easier for my team to operate at that level because those resources have been built up over 40 years as opposed to over three years, six years, whatever it happens to be. Um, so, you know, I'm in a position where I can, you know, I've been here long enough as the head coach to know how 
we need to operate in order to compete at a high level and what we need to do to take things forward. So it's a little bit less work in terms of looking into the things that need to be done. Whereas the other teams, you know, that's where I've got to, you know, contribute to is try to figure out, okay, with the resources we have, how do we maximize what they're capable of being? Let's now visit with the men's basketball coach at Indiana University. All right. Much so, easier conversation. Uh, South Bend. So let's get some ideas on, uh, on your uh, basketball team. How did your recruiting go? Uh, excited about the direction that your kids are going. You've had a tremendous amount of success the last half dozen years. You've, this program has gone from point A to point uh, Z, if you will. I mean, this has become one of the elite programs in the NEI. Give us an idea on where you were at in regards to men's basketball. Uh, we're in a good place. You know, we, we returned, you know, we lost uh, four really good players who have been a big part of that growth that, that you just talked about. So um, certainly you're not going to replace those guys, but our recruiting couldn't have gone better. Uh, you know, we, we, uh, we really hit our needs, and we hit our needs with a high level of character and a high level of talent, uh, which is, is a tough combination to get in this day and age. So, um, as things get more competitive, but uh, so we're pretty lucky that uh, you know to have that. Um, and you know, I think uh, the guys that we returned are the right guys to help keep this thing moving forward. So we returned an All-American in Dejan Barney. We returned a guy who was a borderline uh, all-conference guy, and Micah Poole has been with our program for four years now. We returned Sam Snodgrass, who's been with our program for four years now. We returned uh, Deshaun Burnett, who's been with our program for three years. Ross Thompson has been with our program for three years now. So we've uh, we've had guys who have been there and done that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've had some guys that just uh, you know developed like crazy over the summer, and a guy like Nick Mullen, who's six foot ten and uh, very, very skilled. And so we're excited about uh, what we're capable of being. Uh, I think the hard part for us is going to be that, you know, for however many years now, we've had so much continuity uh, from one year to the next. We've only really lost one or two guys each year, um, whereas now we're losing four. Uh, and, you know, that's going to be a big part of, uh, you know, the question marks are the questions that we need to get answered uh, as we try to, you know, keep this thing moving forward here. And uh, I think the talent's definitely there. The, the question is good for us is going to be is how quickly does it all come together? Once again, Scott Cooper, interim athletic director and men's basketball coach here at Indiana University, South Bend. Once again, Coop, thanks for hanging out with us today. Best of luck not only athletically across the board as the, the new AD, the new gig, and, of course, we'll see you on the basketball floor. We've done that a lot for the last uh, dozen years or so. I appreciate you having me. Once again, thanks for joining us here for the Scott Cooper Show for all of us here at Indiana University South Bend and the Regional Radio Sports Network. I'm Paul Condry. God bless you all.